What's up, loves? This is Love or Obsession. I'm Queen, your host. Welcome and welcome back, guys. Happy New Year. Holidays are over. Christmas break is over. COVID-19 is still in the air, but it's back to business, guys. Let's go. Okay, you don't work, you don't eat. Okay, let's work, eat, and be great, okay? Today's story is an old-time story. It's a 1920 story. This woman was dubbed the modern murderess, and that goes hand-in-hand with my Pain and Power and African-American History podcast episode, episode I believe it was seven. I did Jean Michel Basquiat, and he was so contemporary yet so modern. Okay, this lady was dubbed the modern murderess, Jean Michel. I like saying his name. Okay, one of the main reasons I want to tell this story on Love or Obsession is because her name is Velma. Okay, <laughs> usually, you know, if you listen to past Love or Obsession episodes, I be like, um, I did a story, a lady name was Vail May Beck. I was like, eh, gross. You know, like, I don't I don't want nobody to have the same name as man or a name associated with man, and they some murderers and some killers, okay? Especially some, some pedophiles and creeps, you know? Fuck all the way off, okay? Okay, so her name was Velma, and she, she's not a, a good person, okay? I am, though. <laughs> uh, Velma West, okay? Um, she was born Velma Van Wart, Wart, Velma Van Wart. Y'all know I be tripping with these names, but it was like Wart, 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 Wart. Wart. Okay, she was born um, in 1906, and this is a Cleveland story. Um, Velma grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. She married a man named Edward West in 1926 and moved to his home in Perry, Ohio. Okay, so <clears throat> Velma was a city girl in every sense of the word, okay? She loved the nightlife in Cleveland. So the slow motion that was going on in the town of Perry had her feeling blue. She was feeling like, uh, what did I do? Like I gave up all this big city living for all this slow, slow town. Um, I said slow town. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, when you used to live in a fast life, being a, a little fish in a big city, then you go to a small town and all eyes on you and everything you do. And then you go from being, uh, then you become, uh, a big fish in a little pond. Okay. Um, so Velma was already feeling like an outcast because of the stares and whispers that involved her, that involved her based on her heavy public cigarette spoke, smoking. Okay, so we we in the 1920s, you guys, so it's nothing like how it is now and how women was expected to behave in a certain manner and publicly smoking cigarettes was a big no-no apparently. So I guess the women during that time, okay, let's not even, the women during that time was cut into two, two categories, okay? The good girls and the bad girls, okay? It wasn't no black and white because black women wasn't even brought up in this conversation, you know? Okay, so she was she smoked cigarettes heavily. Um, she was, 
I was about the makeup aroma about her talking about she was considered a woman of the night. She was not. I just made that up. Um, the West family had a good reputation, the family that she married into. They had a good reputation in Perry. And that reputation that Edward wanted to uphold was the reason that the peace was being disturbed in the West household. You know, as a compromise to please his wife so she can indulge in that nightlife that she craved so much, the couple often drove to Cleveland um, for the nightlife action and for socialization, all for Velma's um, sanity, I want to say, because they socialized with Velma's old friends because the good citizens of Perry was just too judgmental for her. Um, Edward made a trip to Cleveland three to four times a week but Velma still felt the void and she was unsatisfied. While Velma craved more, her husband wanted less, okay? He he was brought up in this small town of Perry and he loved the slow living. He meet this woman in the big city of Cleveland and he want to take her as his wife and he provides a good life for her and expects her to be happy or assumed that she would be happy, but you know, y'all know women never satisfied. Now let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. Okay. It always seemed like that though. At most times couples are never, you know, never be on the same page at the same time, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, but you know, that saying that opposites attract that comes into play also, okay? Because they seem like completely opposite of each other. She seemed young, wild, and free, and he seemed kind of more, more mature and more ready to settle down, okay? Um, Edward was getting depressed. He was stressing himself out driving back and forth to Cleveland to please his wife, and that caused some resentment, re resentment in the marriage. I don't know what's going on with me, you guys. Uh, I can't seem to talk this morning. Um, but Edward, he began treating Velma cruelly, um, probably saying mean things to her, not probably being as open and soft and affectionate as he used to be, because he began treating her in a cruel manner. He also started to protest those almost daily drives to Cleveland, like I ain't doing it no more, which caused the couple to argue more and more. So the last, so the straw that broke the camel's back was on December 6, 1927. After only a year, if even a year of marriage, Velma's friend was having a bridge party that Velma wanted to attend. And of course, um, initially, Edward agreed to accompany his wife to the party. Um, but when time came to party, Edward backed out. He told Velma he didn't want he didn't like the crowd of people that she hung out with in Cleveland. Velma wasn't having that, and she was pissed. Um, so she immediately protested, and she continued to dress for the party as if her husband didn't say that they wasn't going. Um, and her intentions was to still attend, as she did. Um, and as she did that, the argument between her and her husband got more and more heated. In a fit of rage, Edward hit his wife, um, and that proved to be a big mistake. I don't know if he punched her. I don't know if he slapped her, but she saw red. <clears throat> she yelled at her husband that she was leaving and that she was not returning. Um, and he probably said some shit like, if you leave out of here, it's not going to be alive. You know, um, <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. But in the research, it did say that he really protested her 
protested that he did not want her to leave and that he did say something of that manner. It wasn't probably those exact words. Um, But the situation between the couple spiraled more and more out of control. Velma picked up a hammer that was lying nearby. She was hanging pictures earlier that day. She told Edward, don't come any closer to her. And um, when he did, she swung and hit him with the hammer. She hit him with the claw part also. It was a claw hammer, you know, um, the two-sided hammer, one where you just bam that nail into the wall and the other is probably used to maybe take it out. And it looked like um, two, like, not spikes almost because it's not too pointy at the end, but y'all know what a claw hammer is. I think I know what a claw hammer is. I don't know. Um, The only hammer that I ever came in contact with, that's what I just described to y'all. Okay, Um, the more Edward tried to get up and gain his balance, Velma repeatedly hit him over and over more and more until he laid quiet. So she said, you go lay down and you go stay down. (laughs) No, she said, what what did he say? Um, You go get down or you go lay down. And when you lay down, you go stay down, okay? was that state property? I don't know why I wanted to say paid in full so bad. State property, okay. Um, Velma wasn't aware that she killed her husband. She thought that she just beat him unconscious um, with a hammer. She didn't think that she murdered him. So after he laid there still, she didn't check for a pulse. She didn't check to see if he was still breathing. She tied his hands and feet together with cords, and she tied his mouth with a handkerchief. She left him lying there in the bedroom, and they drove to and then drove to Cleveland for the bridge party. Um, Well, before she left the house, she burned the dress that she was wearing that was soaked in blood, and then she put on a nice, clean, fresh dress, and then she left for the party. Um, That sounds like a lot of um, murder cover-up type stuff. She didn't realize he was dead, but she tied him up, changed her clothes, and then left. I don't know, you guys. Um, Okay. So... Why was she so thirsty to get to this party, you ask? It was rumored that, and it was just a rumor, okay? You know how rumors get out there and people spread dirty little rumors about you and others choose to believe the rumor. As long as it's saying anything bad about somebody, people choose to believe it. Nobody never questioned that. They always question when it's out, when it's something good said about you or it's just so hard to believe when you're doing good things. But unless some bad stuff occurred, they automatically taking that and running with it. Okay, so it was rumored that Velma was having an affair with the woman that was hosting the bridge party. Oop. A scandal, okay, because it's the 1920s. Um, women on women, men on men was highly frowned upon. The next day, Velma went Christmas shopping with her mother, where she brought gifts for her husband and his family, as if she didn't just beat him in his head with a hammer, okay? When she and her mother returned home, the police were there waiting to speak with her. <clears throat> Initially, Velma was not a suspect to them. She was teeny tiny, you know, like a hundred pound little lady. They didn't think that it was possible for such a small woman to overpower a big man. Um, Velma eventually confessed on her way back to the town of Perry. She just confessed. I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but the the good folks in the town of Perry just never took to Velma. Um, I think I said that, but I just didn't go in depth. And it's nothing to go in depth about. They didn't like her. Um, this man, Edward West, from this prestigious 
family, I won't say prestigious, but he his family was well-respected in that town of Perry, and he came back with this hot little city girl from Cleveland, and they probably was just confused as to what he was doing with such a wild woman, okay? And they didn't like her, you know? And that wasn't Velma's fault. That wasn't her fault. I hate when people, like, get try to gang up on people anyway, especially a whole town of folks. Like, cut it out. Okay, so she eventually confessed, and at first... She was charged with first-degree murder. Um, and as the story was becoming headline news, people was intrigued by this young city girl. Why? Well, was the question that was on... Okay, why was the question that was on everyone's mind? Why would a little lady bludgeon her husband to death? And her answer was the most city girl shit ever. <laughs> she wanted to party, okay? She didn't want... He didn't want her to go, so he had to go, okay? Um, it was a lot of speculation about what was going on. Some people thought she did it because Edward beat her. Some people believed her to be insane. Um, in the court of law, Velma's true motives were never uncovered. The case never went to trial, and Vel Velma pleaded guilty to murder in the second degree. Um, so that's how she avoided the um, first-degree murder charge. She pleaded to murder in the second degree. She was sentenced to life in prison at the Ohio Reformary reformatory for women in Marysville. She was facing an electric chair. If she would have um, went to trial and was found guilty, she would have been facing an electric chair. Velma thought that she would get paroled after 10 years. Um, the parole says, shit, psych your man. I don't know why criminals think that though. Criminals think that they can do crimes and then come up with their own punishment and then come up with their own time and then tell you when they feel like they should be out. It don't work like that. You do the crime, you go do the damn time, okay? Um, and so the parole board, they denied her every time at the losing hope of ever being free again, like every convict back in the, back in the 1920s. She escaped. <laughs> she escaped. Now, how many stories have I heard? My OG love or obsession listeners, how many stories have I told, especially them 1920 stories, where people just was like, convicted of murder or crime whatever and they locked up and they just like uh yeah i think i'm done with jail and just walk out of there escape in some way form or fashion <laughs> i just found it funny because i'm just like damn like like it'll never cross my mind to try to escape prison or something but i guess no no nuts no glory <laughs> they like i'm not doing this that's just like the bonnie and Clyde story how many times did Clyde and his brother get locked up and how many times did they escape? <laughs> they like sitting down doing time. It's not for me. Okay. And if that's not for you, just don't do the crime, Danny. You won't even have to be bothered with doing no jail time. Okay. So Velma was free for about a month when she escaped prison with the other three inmates. Um, she was recaptured in Dallas, turning up, partying, and doing what she known to do. And she was returned back to Marysville. Velma lived another 20 years in prison before she died October 10th, 1959. She was 53 years old. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's story. Um, after the new year, I decided to do something real like old, um, so that it, it don't like still put like 
a dagger in your heart because when we I do these love or obsession stories is is families involved you know families of victims victims um families of the the criminals you know and either way they probably just don't want nobody discussing their family okay so I decided to lighten the load a little bit with such an old story where like it gets lost in the sauce okay and this is a true story. Every story I tell on love or obsession is a true story. It's nothing that I made up, nothing that's fictitious, you know. Um, and I guess the lesson in this story is to live and let live, you know. If ever wanted to live a slow-paced life, he should have took a wife that shared his wishes instead of a woman that wanted to live free. I don't care how beautiful she was because a lot of men downfall, they go off the looks and the body image of women or whatever, and the women don't be what they be looking for knowledge and personality-wise, but, yeah, they got a face and a body. Don't go for that all the time. That's going to leave you stressed and depressed because, you know, dealing with a high-maintenance woman, you go have to take care of that woman in a high-maintenance way, okay? Um, so I said he should have just took a wife that that shared his wishes instead of a woman that wanted to live free. So instead of trying to stop her, he should have just let her go in every sense of the word. You know, she was for the streets, bro. It wasn't your fault. Um, but back then in the 1920s, a failed marriage was like a failed life. Um, so I guess people had a many reasons for holding on to things that don't make them happy. Okay. Nowadays it ain't that deep, but I wouldn't know. I never been married. Okay. For pictures, check out the Instagram at love or obsession podcast. Please send all messages and suggestions to love or obsession podcast at gmail.com. It's queen. I love you. My lovies. Um, talk to you next week or Friday. If you guys listen to a pain or power, Pain and Power, an African-American history podcast hosted by moi, yours truly, new episodes every Friday. So if you check that, check, if you listen to that podcast, you will hear me Friday. If you don't, which I don't understand why, but anyways, I ain't finna get on y'all case right now, but you will hear me next Tuesday. I love you guys. It's Queen. Peace out. Okay, guys, I said I was gone, but I wanted to say this last little bit. Let's talk about the West Side Story real quick, the movie West Side Story. How freaky is that, that the main character name is Velma, and she was born May 29th, 1940. Y'all know my name, Velma, but I was born May 29th, 1987. And it's Queen, and I'm out. It was a whole movie based about me. Drop the mic, boom. <laughs>